0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manam podcast. My name is Becca Schoenborn, joined with my co host, Justin Dubuque. Good morning. Good
1: morning. How's it going? Good. The one morning that you said you were going to text me if I needed anything from Caribou, and I definitely did, and you didn't text me. I know. So. The
0: one time that I actually thought about it.
1: I know i'm very upset sorry i'm I'm drinking uh depressing water because i have no tea as i told becca that my son decided to break my uh my tea kettle my very nice ceramic tea kettle came home one day and the handle was broke off and there was holes in it i was like well that is what did he do it's okay to be fair it sits in a very poor spot probably uh it sits in like our lazy susan you know so i'm every once in a while if the cord's weird it can get wrapped and some and all their snacks are in there i'm assuming mm-hmm. he went in there one day like a you know just like a maniac and uh decided to get himself a snack which turned <laughs> into breaking my tea kettle which i know is i'm sure was an accident i don't think he cared at all and that's probably my fault i probably put it in there like an idiot but that is uh that is where i am Bummer. and mostly because of now that it's spring i'm like not drinking as much tea because mm-hmm. i'm a hot tea drinker and uh but uh, Tim, this, uh, the morning that we're recording this, it is very cold outside, mm-hmm. and that's kind of all I wanted, yeah. and I didn't have it. So, thanks, Co-host. <sighs> it's fine.
0: Sorry, next time. I and I just got a new tea kettle too. I could have made you a little, nice little homemade cup of tea yeah. this morning, and I. Well, you next know, time. That's that's what I'm going to require.
1: <laughs> Before we get into this, I have to ask, how was your thirtieth birthday?
0: Oh yeah, I forgot we so talked about this. We talked about this on my on birthday our month. <laughs> We
1: talked about birthday month. How was birthday month? Um, did you get anything specific for birthday theymo uh
0: yeah, we uh I got tickets to see my current favorite artist Noah Kahn, who's kind of like an up and coming musician, um, and we're gonna go see him at Red Rocks, which has been on my bucket list oh, that's cool forever cool. And we haven't been to Colorado since our wedding, so
1: nice. Red Rocks is super cool that would be been? a place no, that'd be a place I'd love to go though, yeah,
0: it's been on my bucket list for a long time, and this artist's music is like. The exact type of music that you would think would be perfect at Red Rocks. So. Sure, I love Colorado, so I'm excited. So we're gonna go on a trip.
1: That's cool. So, yeah. When is that? Um, July. Cool.
0: Yeah. Other than that, I ate a lot of cookie cake. <laughs> my friend, my friend, got me a cookie cake for my party, and I'm so sick of eating sugar at this point. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: Well, that's then that's a successful a birthday. successful
0: month. birthday, if you ask me, yeah. Good. So I like Yeah, it. nothing wild.
1: Okay, good to know. I just needed to know what's, what anything good that happened, so well, okay. I'll take that.
0: Yeah, since you skipped my birthday party.
1: I did. I did forget. My lack of tea is payback. I,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: did 100% forget uh, okay. until We're I saw Snapchat about it, and I was like, oh, that's right. <laughs> that was this evening, and I'm already home. <laughs> i get it i <laughs> well, was not offended well happy late birthday thank you of course um, well we're was... here with our guest. oh, oh yeah. sorry are oh, you gonna uh, before no, i, I was transition ask into fr- how your sold out metal show was. oh yeah sold out metal show was great Yeah, uh, yeah we had to turn people away at the door with a uh, band from france uh we pre-sold a ton of tickets opened up a handful more at the door and packed the brewery more than it's ever been full and that's awesome yeah it was awesome it was great great and it was like a really big show for a big tour um Like I said, they started the tour in Brooklyn, and they ended in LA, and yet somewhere in between there, they decided to come to Menominee, Wisconsin, which is weird. That's cool. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and I think a lot of people loved it, and it showed that, like, I think it was the most legit show we've done, Mm -hmm. so I think people see us as like, oh, hey, we can do this. Yeah. There's, like, real bands coming here. There's not just locals and stuff, like, Mm -hmm. there's a crowd, and stuff so yeah we got a couple more tours booked over the next couple months so cool i know it's pretty sweet thank you Mm -hmm. Uh, it should be fun i'm excited to keep trying to grow that and it's pretty sweet
0: yeah i got peer pressured into coming to the next one i can't wait
1: the next one's gonna be great (laughs) it should be it's april 27th no big deal oh yeah a band from tennessee coming it's gonna be sweet
0: i've never been to a metal show so i am welcome going in open-minded it's a, it's a good time like, I don't know. <laughs> Everything I've heard about it, it sounds like the, everyone who goes are like the nicest people you'll meet. <laughs> like, are the nicest people. The people, like I've talked to a couple of people who were at your most recent show and uh, my coworker was laughing about how one of them was just like wandering around trying to find the recycling for so long. Yep. And it was just like funny stories. Me- it's like, the fir- like, they're all so nice. Are- I was not expecting it. <laughs> I remember the first
1: metal show he did when Zymergy was very nervous about like mosh pitting and like just beer everywhere. And the, one of the first things afterwards that the owners told me, they're like, wow, it was, like, clean. Like, people cleaned up after themselves. That's I'm so like, awesome. They're like, they didn't, like, mess with anything. I'm like. They want to come back. They want to come. That's why. Metalheads know that there's very few places that do it. So, mm-hmm. the places that do it, they treat. Yeah. They treat very well. So,
0: so yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. A little sneak peek in the dustbin's world. Yeah.
1: It should be a good time. But we are here with Frank Smoot, the director of the Chippewa Area History Center. Nice. Yeah, I did it the first time. Like looking at me like I'm supposed to remember. Well, it was you, like, mm. I'm always the one that I'm notoriously known for messing people's titles and locations up on this. Even the uh, name
0: of our own show occasionally.
1: Occasionally, that I'll even mess Although up. Although it's been the name a while. Change. Yeah.
0: I think we figured it out. I you?
1: think I've got it down now. When I tell people <laughs> the name of the show, so uh, we're finally here. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. Yeah.
1: Um, how is the, how is the whole, uh, the general easy question is, how has it been with a brand new facility in Chippewa up and going?
2: Well, you know, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It was uh, a labor love for a lot of people. And um, we've been open since February 3rd. And by my lights were like half done, but uh, there's no trip hazards in the museum. So that's cool. Uh, and, but the rest of the work is sort of detailed work. I mean, some of the cases we got stuff just piled in we don't have a lot of the id labels done but it looks a little bit like it's going to look in june when we have our grand opening and uh and people people really seem to be loving it i don't know if it's like post-pandemic they love everything or you know it's uh, but people are people are more happy about it than i would expect so that's that's absolutely wonderful it's cool
1: so then, uh, um, so yeah, so like, again, the location is.
2: it. It's the best location maybe in Chippewa. It's it's right across from the pool, right at the entrance to Urban Park, uh, kitty corner from Liney Lodge, right on Bridgewater Avenue. And uh, so we were in a, a convent right up by Notre Dame Church on the East Hill, which was probably the least prominent location in <laughs> Chippewa Falls. <laughs> and the convent, of course, its architectural design is meant to keep people out, right? That's its job, is to mm-hmm. keep the public out. So we were grateful to be in there. But what a um, sort of a strange place for a museum, which is its job is just to give history away to people who come in. So it's a completely different operation. I mean, we've had more people uh, in since February than we've had in the last two years. You know, wow. So... Wow,
0: that's awesome. Um, How did you can you give a little bit of history of the, like organization? How, how long has it been there? Sure. What made you other than the location? Kind of what prompted the project?
2: Well, yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, So the society, and this is why Dustin's confused, because it's confusing. To uh, so the we're Chippewa- all just throwing you under the bus uh, today. Fine. <laughs> no, just no, come to your okay own podcast okay with that. To get roasted. No, I, <laughs> no, he has every right to be confused because it's had a lot of different uh, changes. So the Chippewa area or the Chippewa County Historical Society was formed in 1970, so 52 years ago, 53 years ago, and uh, and like all those societies, they were trying to find a place, and finally. Uh, They got into the convent, so they had a roof over their heads and uh, were there for 25 years. Um, But the convent has no ADA access, two outlets on every floor, not climate controlled. Uh, And so, you know, it was a hard building. Mm -hmm. And uh, so some years ago, 10 years ago, probably, uh, the board president of the Historical Society started talking about, you know, we... Actually, if we're going to tell a story, because Chippewa has great stories to tell, then we need a place that we can that the public can actually see us. And and uh, so they were looking around and there was a uh, this fairly small lot uh, right across from the pool right on Bridgewater Avenue uh, that had a uh, that had been dead. Um, Drive-in red beer stand, and had mm. been a Dairy Queen, and and uh, oh.
0: so really, yeah, that's right. Yeah, now that you say that, I, like I that, know. Exactly yeah, I forgot know. that
1: that was the thing there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so,
2: so that seemed like you know, a small lot, a difficult lot, but but so much better than the other. So, then uh, a small group of folks, uh, Dave Rayley, a prominent lawyer, and Tom Bob Hogseth, who sort of an army of one in fundraising, they got the money together really quickly. I mean more quickly than anybody else in my career so a couple years later they had enough money to start building three and a half million dollars and uh we started construction the construction right during the pandemic which in one way was okay because nobody Mm -hmm. was going anywhere anyway and we had a chance to support some area families by keeping the project going but in another way it was kind of uh rough because you could get certain things but you couldn't get other things so you could get conduit but you couldn't get fittings well without fittings the conduits Pretty, it just sits there. Sure. You, know, you could get five eighths plywood, but you couldn't get three quarters plywood. You know, so so that caused a few delays. But um, but then uh, probably late December, January, uh, we got the certificate of occupancy from the city, and then boom, uh, seven, eight, nine weeks later, we we're open for business. So. Wow.
1: Yeah, that's pretty. Good. Yeah, it went up. It felt like it went up crazy fast for. And maybe that's because of the pandemic. So for a year, you guys got to kind of do it without anybody around. Oh, that right. wasn't around the area knowing that it was happening.
2: Right. Nobody was driving past. So they yeah. wouldn't see it how slow it was Exactly. Yeah.
1: Right. So it feels like it, it flew up and, and such. So like when people, when what should people expect when they walk into the museum right now? Uh, like, w- like how it's set up? What's some of the exhibits? What are like, what's it trying, what's the story the place is trying to tell?
2: Well, the, the, cool thing about it there's there's a lot of cool things about the building the building was designed by c b s squared Dave Pockner, who deserves a shout out he's he's amazing uh but um we're able to do things in there that we could never have done in at the convent i mean the convent its biggest door is thirty six inches wide you know it's mm-hmm. a it's a personnel door so here we got a big twelve foot by twelve foot door so we got a fire truck in there nineteen fifty four uh Darley FWD pumper that was actually used in Chippewa Falls from 1954 to 1984 and the guy, the last guy to drive it, he's one of the guys that uh, fixed it up. So, oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, and he's in there every other day looking, you know, putting <laughs> a, one little brass thing on or yeah, a little of chrome thing on. Mm-hmm. it. And uh, it was found, uh, after it was retired, uh, it was found rotting in a field outside of Durand. And they spent some years fixing it up. And it actually dries. You know, they can take it out in parades and stuff. But something like that, we never would have had a chance to exhibit in the old place. And I don't know that there's another fire truck under a roof in West Central Wisconsin right now that's that's available to the public. Chippewa Valley Museum has one, but it's never been out, I don't think. So there are things like that. But the... So we we go through, uh, we're a regional history museum, um, and so we do regional history. Um, but we start early. We start, the people have been living here for 11,000 years, so we talk a little bit about that, and there's, you know, we uh, do quite a bit with Lake Superior Chippewa history. I mean, it's Chippewa County, after all, mm-hmm. and uh, named after the people who still live here. Um, and... Uh, lumbering and town development and all those things, but the, the thing about the museum, because uh, that's all pretty traditional. There are a lot of museums that do that kind of tell those stories a little bit around the area. Uh, but the thing that I, I hope makes ours um, a place that you want to go back and back to is that it's easy to change. Uh, and so we make all the labels and how you can change all the wall panels with a ladder and a 916th wrench. Um, and so... Every time, so far, I mean, we've had people come in multiple times now, and uh, they say, well, it looks different than it does three days ago. And, yep, <laughs> absolutely, we're there will always be a guy on a ladder doing a thing, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, we're just constantly changing it. It's like a giant director set, and, and so we can just do anything we want to it. And so the more people who come in and, and want to tell our stories, we can help them. You know, we can just facilitate that rather than just saying, you know, we're the big white history people and you listen to us and and Mm -hmm. we'll tell you a story and you'll be bored and then you go. Uh, Mm -hmm. People come in and and become co-creators of the museum can sit there and say, hey, we've got this story to tell. This is my grandma's story. This is, so right on the outside of the building, we just say, what's your story? Mm -hmm. And and, uh, I think in three words, that pretty well sums up what we do because we combine two things we combine the historical society and the genealogical society
0: mm, okay.
2: so the genealogical society is your family story and the historical society is your community story and that's pretty that's pretty much what you need to know to be a better citizen is mm-hmm. to is to get to know your story and the story of the people around you
1: well, that's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I can it tell is. Becca's wheels a are... Of, Becca's, a flurry
1: of words. Yeah, My Becca's wheels are turning so wheels are turning. I like, couldn't even I pinpoint I've, one next question. I, don't know, I was just like... I was ah. say, I've sat next to Becca long enough to know this when her wheels are turning <laughs> for the next one. um, so, <laughs> he said
0: genealogy, and I was like, hmm, that's cool. Yeah, I've been in the fa- that. and
1: I've been in the facility. Their geneal- your genealogical space in there is extremely nice.
2: It is the, uh, they, those guys are so brave, you know, cause in the, in the convent, they were up on the second floor and, but their collection was scattered throughout the building. So every time anybody would have any question at all, uh, they'd have to go up a floor, two <laughs> floors behind a locked door, you know, every question took an hour, you know, and, uh. Uh, now they're all in one space. They got all their stuff right there. Uh, got all new um, shelves and cabinets and, and pallet racks and, and it's a really robust effort. I mean, I, I'm always proud of the job that Dunn County is doing and Eau Claire County is doing, but these guys, man, they are active. They, they help a lot of people throughout the year and, and throughout the country. I mean, we get calls from all over the place and, uh and, They really do a fantastic job. We don't have quite the same hours. We're sort of roommates in the building. The Genealogical Society is, uh, I think, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. And uh, and the Historical Society is open every day except Monday. Um, And we're going to try that out or every day except Monday and Tuesday. Um, We're going to try that out for as long as we can, at least go through a whole year before we change our hours. Mm
1: -hmm. Sure.
0: What kind of, um, like, what kind of things can people find out in the like genealogy side of things? Like, what kind of materials do you keep on file, or is it more like people come in and then the researchers will go and kind of figure out what they're trying to find out?
2: Really, an excellent question. Um, uh, people come in with all kinds of questions. So, so some people they they want to know what you think of genealogy is doing. Like, I want to know who my Great, great grandmother mm-hmm. was, and I, I want to know where she came from. Uh, and and a lot of people do come in for that reason. Um, but other people will come in. You know, I just bought a house, and I would like to know the history of that house or what was there before. And or um, uh, we're doing a we're doing a project, and we need uh, we need to research this area of town, mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, or we'd like to know. Uh, everybody who was in this building that we just bought, you know a commercial building um, and all of that can be held so they have they have not only um, uh, family records and family histories and community histories that people have written over the years and then and then either turned over to them or they've dug out of uh, somewhere and collected but they have maps uh, these maps called Sanborn maps which were made by a fire insurance company. Uh, for their own purposes, but now we use them to say, okay, here's this business was here in 1930. The building actually was a wood building back then, even though it's a brick building now. Mm-hmm. You know, you can find all, all the stuff that the fire insurance company—they only cared whether the building was likely to burn down. Right. <laughs> and uh, but that that sort of history of the built environment—they tucked in there without ever knowing that mm-hmm. 80 years later, 100 years later, uh, somebody be using that information to. Get to bring the past back alive, mm-hmm. and then they have a lot of government records. One of the things that's that I, I think a serious researcher could do. Uh, it used to be when you pay taxes, especially rural taxes, you'd pay on all of your animals and stuff. So you'd, oh. you'd uh, like if you had five horses, you'd pay more taxes than if you had four horses. <laughs> Interesting. And, um, I didn't know that. And so th- those records were kept, of course, because they wanted money out of people, as they still Naturally. do. Naturally. And um, <laughs> Uh, but then you can kind of tell how you know a researcher could kind of tell how diverse an operation was, or a neighborhood, mm-hmm. or if one you know if the neighborhoods east of Chippewa were different than the neighborhoods west of Chippewa, or if they grew different things, or had different uh, had different interests, or had you know the the farms were all bigger on the east side than the west side, sort of that sort of question. Um, so the, the records are just amazing. I mean, walk in there and they're on pallet racks and they're 12 feet high, you know, and uh, I think people are, are surprised that behind this one 36 inch door, there's this whole world in there. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. So you brought up like being in Chippewa and Chippewa County and stuff. And I know that one of your, like probably your biggest history, history passion is like the peoples that have been here for. 10,000 years yeah, or such and again you've worked in Menominee too so can you give us just some like quick like I don't know how to uh bring a one question about thousands of years of history <laughs> that combines the Chippewa Valley but uh if, if what your uh there must be an elevator historical uh like bullet point that you can like speak on uh, about maybe why that's your interest and why it's interesting for this region I guess
2: yeah, well, the the only thing that people have to remember the bottom line is that the people have been here for a long time and they're still here, mm-hmm. right? Um, and a lot of people forget that, you know. So we've, you've got uh, this sort of classic American museum thing, right? Is so that we had American Indians, we had Native Americans here, and they kindly got off the stage so that white people could come in and make progress, right? And so then we have the first white baby was born, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then and then Act Three is, is now that, you know, they'd set up this for progress, for real civilization, right? Now we can make progress. So it's all about the town building and and all the big new corporations and how we are now, and all this stuff. And and that has always just enraged me, mm-hmm. you know, that, that idea. Because, I mean, they're Ojibwe kids, they're Ho Chunk kids going to Stout right now in hotel restaurant management. They're still here, right. <laughs> you know. Right. So, you know, I, I had a comment a long time ago. That we were doing an exhibit about Lake Superior Ojibwe, and, I, and we were bringing in a um, a sewing machine into the exhibit. And the comment was, well, you know, Indians didn't use sewing machines, and so I, I had to pull up a picture of a, of a class of Indian girls using sewing machines. Sure, look here they are. See, they're using sewing machines, and they were taken to a boarding school. Um, so there, uh, there are a lot of people who have moved in and out of the greater Chippewa Valley. Uh, and, and one of the questions that I often get, and it's, a, it's an interesting question it's, it, because people, it shows that people are thinking. So we've had people here since basically the Clovis era, which is like 11,000 years ago. And so uh, people will say, well, what happened to the Clovis people? Which is, you know, it, it shows that they're curious. Well, they're still here. That's the answer to that question, Mm -hmm. right? They just started using different tools. And so archaeologists and anthropologists put them in a different era, but that doesn't mean they disappeared. You know, 80% of all the American Indians on the continent today can trace their lineage back to the Clovis period. So they're all still here. And uh, so the, the people who built the mounds in Menominee uh there are people of the Oneota tradition and their ancestors of the Ho Chunk people who are still you know, I mean go to the Ho Chung casino in Wisconsin Dells mm-hmm. right now and get yourself uh get yourself a burger and lose some money, you know? Right. And uh so so all those folks uh are uh still here. So over the years, uh this this is a, a Wisconsin is a crazy interesting place to study this because it's been like when the the, the Iroquois who are very, very imperialist when they're trying to uh, trying to go west and take over more territory. The Ojibwa actually kick them back east. And uh, and uh, so, uh, and, but there were all these big refugee camps, like Ashland's refugee camp was bigger than Ashland is today. It had oh, wow. more people than Ashland is oh, today really? back in the 1600s. Mm-hmm. And so you got all these people moving in and out of there. And uh, and I love that history. I love the history of all these groups who, who some of them left, some of them came in, uh, some of them were still here, and uh, and I, I, we were never taught any of that in school. I was never taught any of this right. in school, and so I want people to. I I want that to stop. I want us to be a place where where you can learn that kind of stuff.
0: So. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's such a big, obviously huge part of our. Yeah, a nation's history. American um, history
2: starts with Indian history. Yeah, you
0: know? yeah. So and yeah, it's er- erased in a lot of history books, and or I mean textbooks, I should say, not history books, but.
2: Well, it is. Yeah, I mean, I did a little talk where we, where I pick, I. Just literally took my dad's history book uh, into the talk and said, "Okay, here's all the mentions of the American Indians. The book's 480 pages long, and mm-hmm. there are two mentions of the American Indians in the whole book." Wow. And this is what he learned from. This is what he learned from when he graduated high school in 1949, mm-hmm. and uh, and that 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 story, which which. Threads throughout all of American Indian history, I think, has just been uh, just been hidden intentionally because right. we're, because we're ashamed. Uh, I, I mean, I think we've been gaslighted for 200 years, um, and yeah. so so Frank Smoot's going to stop that. You know? <laughs> That's great. It's just an army of one right here. Only you can
1: prevent forest fires. You know. um,
0: fascinating yeah it
1: is it really is a really interesting thing it's
0: important work though i mean that is st- stuff that could i mean it could just disappear and we could not ever know that it happened eventually we're going to get to a point where if people are not talking about the history it's not going to be known
2: that's exactly right and it's also ripping the headlines i mean in in oklahoma right now this our supreme court which is not a particularly liberal supreme court right now but they decided uh, there was a case that seemed sort of unrelated, but they decided uh, in the favor of tribes down in um, in Oklahoma that they have sovereignty over a large chunk of Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and so that I mean that's the, those cases go on every day all over the country. Sure, mm-hmm. what treaty rights means, what we did, th- those still are ever present in our lives. But we never hear about it on the news, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, so you're exactly right that um, that we go uh, along thinking, uh, not thinking of uh, uh, this history, and yet we're surrounded by the implications of it and the ramifications of it all the time, mm-hmm. all the time.
0: It was not that long ago. No, that, that is something I'm constantly reminding uh, myself uh, oh of. Yeah. It's like oh. it was not a million years ago. Well, like that, there, we're not that many generations. No boarding sco- from... boarding
1: schools were not that long ago. Oh no, yeah.
2: talking, I, you know <laughs> there's the thing. And another thing that people don't understand about boarding schools, they thought that uh, when people walk into a museum, they generally think that orphans were taken to boarding schools, and that's not true. People were uh, kids were taken out of their homes. They were taken out of homes with moms and dads, sometimes at gunpoint, okay. as young as six years old, um, to break their tribal ties. Right to to break to be taught in English to mm-hmm. not have any tribal traditions, uh, to become Americans, Ameri- white quote American citizens. Quote, yeah. right. um, and uh, and those, I mean, I've talked to people who are at boarding schools. They're, right. they're still alive today, and they went through that. They got their hair cut. They got taken away from mom and dad. They, they uh, were beaten for speaking Ojibwa. Um, and so, yeah, that, I mean, there are still people uh, walking around who went through that who went through that trauma, that generational trauma. And here, up here, we're kind of lucky in some ways because uh, the Ojupa the people here were not removed from the area. You know, they're of course, there are tribes, bands, nations, and communities in Iowa, in Illinois, in Kansas, and they were removed, you know. And so there's no presence of American Indians in those states except people who have moved in to go to college or, or mm-hmm. whatever. But here, uh, you know, you can go up to Honor the Earth and there's still, I mean, there's still 4,000 people up at La Ray, 4,000 people at, at Lake Flambeau, mm-hmm. and you can go up to Apollo and, and, and talk to folks and have some fry bread and sit mm-hmm. around listening to the drums, you know. And so, in in that way, the chains weren't broken here. There were enough people, there was enough um, sort of critical mass of indigenous people here that uh, that that chain was never broken. They never lost their language. There mm-hmm. still were speakers of it. But if you go out to the West Coast, and by the time they got to the West Coast, the U.S. government was really, really good at, at this ex- cultural extermination. And so, you know, like the last speaker of the Coos language uh, died in the 1930s. The, the last person on Earth who spoke that language, you know. Wow. And uh, and so that that cultural extermination, they've, they've had to piece back together their culture you know from records just like just like people here can go to a museum and learn about their grandparents these people they had to they had to study uh what their culture was like to rebuild their culture and so uh here we're lucky that 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 didn't happen at least i mean it was you think it was bad here it was
1: worse el- elsewhere you know sure so interesting i never think of it like that i suppose
0: yeah yeah
1: well, that's why history museums exist. Exactly. Well, that's ex- for- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why they should exist. That's Absolutely. exactly why they should exist, is yeah. to tell you all the fun, uh, all the fun and bad, great good and, things. Bad. Yeah, good and bad. Yeah, history is
0: not just good stuff. It's well, yeah, all the bad too. Yeah, which. yeah.
2: That's that's the thing also that that I am really interested in is, I think people confuse history and sentimentality a lot. Mm-hmm. So you know those those good old days, right? We drove around Model T's and we went to the soda fountain and all that. And all that's true. It's absolutely true. But if you don't also think of other people who may have had different lives then it's just sentimentality. In the same time frame. Yeah, exactly.
0: It was great for you, however, for everyone. A lot of other people it was very traumatic during the same time period. And
2: and those two things can be true at the same time and Mm -hmm. they can be honored at the same time. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that people didn't have fun and go to the soda fountain. What it means is that it's a lot more complicated than you're letting it be. Yep. You know? Right.
1: Exactly. And again, that, like you said, that's the rose-colored glasses of everything, right? That's Nobody. Right. We don't really like to talk about the bad things. No, but again, that's why important. history, again, people like yourself and stuff exist is to tell these things that that shape who we are today. Gosh, what a gross statement that is. But that's true. <laughs> it's the truth. And, truth
2: in a way. Right, and and it's not yeah, it's not a story of victimization. I mean, you go up to like I said, you go up to honor the earth, and man, those guys are joking around; they're having fun. Right, I mean, they're survivors. You know, they're mm-hmm. thriving, and uh, so that they would they would really come down on like a ton of bricks on somebody who said they were victims. I mean, they're they're survivors. Sure, mm-hmm. and, sure, and uh, uh, and so are we all. I mean, you you know, you get you get a, a Norwegian family who comes across on a on a boat, you know, the, at the Chippewa Valley Museum in Eau Claire. So Lars and Greta Anderson, uh, you know, they they come by boat. And it's not a great journey. Everybody's sick. People are dying on the boat. And then they get to uh, the United States. And they have to take a lake steamer, and they end up at Wapan, Wisconsin. And then they walk. Uh, from Wapan to Chippewa County. Oh my gosh! I mean, that's that's a walk, <laughs> and then <laughs> they and then they winter in a little shed with their baby, you know, and and. Uh, and there's about 18
1: ways that I could have died
2: right on that trip, you know?
1: Just walking. If I walked, like I was the just going to say, if I walked home right now, there's about 18 ways I'm dying on that Absolutely. trip. Absolutely. <laughs> and
2: and so they're brave survivors too, you know? And and they get this little, they get this little farm, they build themselves a log house and, and have kids, and and that place is still a farm today. I mean, they're survivors as well. Sure. You know? mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, yeah yeah that's pretty awesome so as we wrap up here yeah we gotta cut ourselves off i know, very gonna... typical uh, <laughs> so you kind of already said where people can find you the hours and such i'm assuming there's a some a website and social media too for you
2: there are there's about four websites which we're trying to get down to about one website and uh but no 11 to 5 wednesday through sunday right at the entrance to urban park on bridgewater avenue and uh and if you come this month, you'll hear and see and engage in some stories, and two months from now, there will be different stories And there. Sure. So, so that's, I think, that's the fun part. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, more that's, that's to come a come Yeah,
1: more reasons to come back. It's a tough, to, tough thing for museums most of the time. Um, so we end every podcast with the same two questions to okay. our guests. Okay. Uh, so mine is, what's your favorite movie? Uh, wow,
2: that's a, that's a great one. Um, I... You know, I gotta say, probably Dead Man with Johnny Depp, the Jim Jarmusch film.
1: Oh yeah, Yeah. I've never seen it. Me either. Yeah, I've never seen it. I know what it is. And Jim Jarmusch is a great yeah, Yeah. it's a good filmmaker. So I'll have to watch that one. That's one I've not would never think of. Yeah. Yeah. All right,
0: you're up. Um, I'd like to know what good food you've eaten lately.
1: Mm,
2: that's even <laughs> even tougher because I, <laughs> I haven't eaten anything good uh too lately. Um but the uh and now I won't be even be able to think of the name of it, it I can see <laughs> the outside of it. But the the Mexican restaurant on uh Bridge Street in Chippewa Falls uh just Uh, It's it's pretty good food. It seems pretty authentic to me. And I just ate there about a week ago, probably. Mm. uh, What'd you get? Uh, I always just get a burrito. I, I just Classic yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Delicious. Because whenever I get I, whenever I get anything else, then I say, well, why didn't I get the burrito? Yeah. <laughs> Don't some... you love that at places?
1: <laughs> it's like, I'm going to switch it up here. And then you're, yeah. and every and time then you're every... like, dang it. Why?
2: She's she's stuck like, why I am stuck with <laughs> what I, I know. I've tried that a hundred times and it's never worked. Why do I keep trying
1: it? Um, so. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. We appreciate it. Thanks for being on.
2: You know, yeah. this is just uh, great uh it's so good to see you and so good to meet you and uh thanks for all your skill and uh, um yeah cool cool
0: awesome well uh make sure you go visit go check out their exhibits and see as they grow um you can visit us on our website <laughs> Thank you <laughs> trying to figure out a segue for that um the dot com um you can also now sponsor our podcast if you'd like to um do some ads on our show or you know just donate some money to us we like both those things we like those um so you can do that on our website now too which is very exciting as you know Dustin and i took this podcast independent so now that means that we get to foot the bill for all of our expenses too so we're adding some local advertisement opportunities so that um, we can pay our producer scott who i'm sure would love to work for free for us (laughs) but you know that's not how the not how the world works (laughs) um so yeah visit our website follow us on instagram and facebook at the manam pod and until next time we will see you later